Welcome to Artistic Beginnings. I'm Mitch. And I'm Melody. We're siblings who grew up working in the entertainment industry and were deeply impacted by the arts. I'm a professional actor, singer, and dancer working in Los Angeles and New York, still pursuing an artistic career. I, on the other hand, am no longer pursuing that career. I went on to become a researcher, though I'm still involved in the creative industry. Artistic Beginnings is all about the winding artistic paths that creatives follow in their lives. We share these inspirational stories with you so that you can learn and grow as a creative. So let's get into it. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hi, everybody. Hope you're all doing well. Yes, yes. Staying safe. And healthy and happy, (laughs) question mark, (laughs) as most days are better than others. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. One thing that I'm going to foreshadow kind of my, my favorite art of the week, but one thing that I learned from my show is that getting sunlight and walking around does wonders for your mood actually getting in the sunlight don't just stay indoors and get window open even though that is better than nothing get out there and just kind of get a little bit of fresh air i know it's difficult but try and get that and stay safe it's hard but it's possible stick your head out the window don't fall out the window but just like get (laughs) get that fresh air in get that sunlight yeah head straight through that the screen (laughs) you don't need the screen anymore (laughs) no you don't honestly it's not i had flies in the apartment for a while it was awful because you leave the screen door open in case kitty wants to join you on the patio yes (laughs) well that's kind of your fault mitch (laughs) it is my fault but you know true is nature so melody yeah hey what's your favorite piece of art this week a very good question, Mitch. I, I was debating if I wanted to do a, a show again, but I, I think I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to do music, which I usually do anyway, so it's not really that different. But I'm going to do an artist because I realized that I'm very bad at, like, I don't really think that I have a favorite artist, you know, because I like a lot of different kind of music and it's hard sometimes to remember the artists that I actually do like. And I honestly don't even know how to pronounce the name of the group slash the girl. I think it's Upsall. It's U-P-S-A-H-L. And she has just like really chill but like upbeat music that just you can vibe to. The content of it is like a little iffy sometimes. It's not super safe for kids, but it's (laughs) like one of my favorite songs of hers is Drugs. And it's about, I know, <laughs> like the way it goes, it's like, I just came here to the party for the drugs, drugs, drugs. Like it's it's not great, but the I enjoy the beat. Yeah, I could see a little bit of a body wave going on. Yeah, it's really, it's very, it's really good music to work to also because it's has a nice mellow beat in the background, but it's not, it's not slow. So it doesn't make you tired or anything. And it's repetitive enough that you can listen to it without focusing too hard. But yeah, that's I, my that's, problem. So that's, yeah. Whenever there's music that has any kind of words, I, I have trouble focusing on the task at hand. So I've got to listen that's to instrumental so stuff. That's so interesting. I'm like the opposite. I would rather words, which is interesting. But that is I usually interesting. have it playing at like a lower level. Like when I'm editing the podcast, I usually have like my music on shuffle. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Melody, but. I, I can't tell you how much that bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Melody, how are you That's supposed crazy. to cut out any of the bad sounds? 
I well, I have it playing very low. It's like very low background music. But I also I think it's just because I don't like the general instrumental music because it either bores me or it makes me sleepy. Like that, like what is it, lo-fi? I enjoy it, but I can't work to it. Like that's a chill out music to me. It's not like I like a little more energy when I'm listening to my music. While oh I'm yeah, in. no, <laughs> chill out and uh, gold instrumental beats from Spotify. That's that's what gold I do. Instrumental beats. I don't. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's like R and B, uh, golden era oh, beats for, for hip hop. It's it's real good. I I thoroughly enjoy it, and it's really easy to work to. Yeah. Anyway, what's your favorite piece of art, Mitch? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually have a ton, so I'm going to save some for future episodes. But I can't wait. <laughs> the one right now that I alluded to that I learned about the, well, I didn't learn necessarily. I just kind of reinforced Reminded. the yeah. importance of getting sunlight is this TV show. It's a reality show called Alone. I mentioned oh. it to you before. They have one season on Netflix, and I've been watching the other seasons on Hulu. And it's this canadian run competition series that basically the season i'm on is slightly different they have different iterations but the core of the idea is that for a season they send out 10 men and women that are really good at staying alive in nature and they are it's they're survivalists Yeah. yeah so they send out 10 to live on their own for as long as they possibly can and they film everything on their own. So they're doing like selfie sticks. They've got GoPros and they have to keep track of everything that they're doing. And they like have no, no human resources? contact. And they are given 10 items that they can use to survive. So that includes are like an items? axe. No, they, okay. you get to select them because oh, some of them so bring a bow and arrow. Oh, yeah, interesting. Exactly. Wow. So that they have so to survive cool. as long as possible. And they give like these little tips on how to do things in nature and camp and they make all these great like forts and stuff and i i'm watching That's it like awesome. i'm so inspired but then by the end of the season all of them are super malnourished oh, i'm sure well it also depends on like where they send them to like, oh yeah the, the one that area? i just watched was in patagonia oh, wow. so they they go to these really harsh climates that it's really difficult to live in mm-hmm. and they're all dispersed roughly like four to five miles apart in similar conditions. So they, right. they make yeah, it so, so that it's a... comparable. So it's really interesting to watch, a lot of fun. It's a little bit dark and really difficult to watch if you do not like animal cruelty. So definitely yeah. be aware of that. But they survive and they do amazing stuff. And the winner gets 500 grand. Wow. Yes. That's crazy. Yes. It huh. is intense because it's also a mental game. Many of them actually oh, yeah. end up quitting not because they can't survive, although that is a major contributor. It's, it's because they miss people. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, kind of comparing it to what we're dealing with now, I'm very lucky that I'm at home with my parents. I can't even imagine what it would be like. I mean, you, you're by yourself right now. Yeah, but I'm close enough. Us. I can just yeah. drive over to you guys. But it's it's for people who are on their own in a city where they may not know people or their family isn't. Like, I can't even imagine how isolating it, it could be right now without human contact. Yeah. And even just the fact that we can FaceTime people now is yeah. incredible. I, I didn't no, realize it, it how important difference. it is because, I mean – Newsflash, I got furloughed from Ticketmaster the other day. So Yay. I <laughs> so I don't have as many meetings on Zoom. Right. And so it has made a considerable change. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's 
I'm very grateful for it because I've reconnected with so many people who we, we've kept in touch kind of, but not to the degree of like actually sitting down and talking with each other. Like I've FaceTimed so many people who I haven't seen in years and it's been so lovely to reconnect, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's very important. So if you have anyone in your, your life that you want to just reconnect with, it's as easy as making a phone call or, or hopefully have FaceTime text. or Zoom yeah. available. People want that connection, so totally. so do it for sure. Mel, I think it's time to jump into the episode. Yeah, let's talk. We've spent 10 minutes talking about our favorite thing. Let's jump in. <laughs> yeah, let's jump in. I'm excited about this episode, Melody. Me this too. is something that it's I was, I, yeah, I used to be very good at this, and then I stopped practicing, and I didn't need it for my day-to-day work, so it is something I have dearly missed, and hopefully I can regain some of the, the skills. Yeah. Well, for anyone who didn't read the title of this episode, we are talking about memorization. Or they forgot after the 10 minutes. Yeah, they clicked on the episode and they're like, wow, this is not memorization at all. This is not what I thought they were going to be talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or you have short term memory loss and this is the episode for you. And we'll repeat. Every five or so minutes that, that <laughs> this is the episode for you so that you don't oh forget. But hopefully by the end, you'll have some skills to, to kind of move forward and yeah. understand the importance of it. So just kind of a disclaimer here. We're not memorization experts, and there are a ton out there that have their own podcasts. Some podcasts are just like dedicated to memorization, mm-hmm. or they've got really, really scientific episodes. This, this is not that. This is more of a story and con- contextual performing arts memorization episode kind of tips and tricks that we've learned or have seen in different situations that could be helpful or just kind of more of a introduction to the idea of memorization and you know if you want to go more in depth definitely check out those other podcasts or I'm sure YouTube videos and resources that exist for more information that we aren't technically qualified to give. <laughs> yeah. So with that said, let's jump into it. Yeah. So Mel, for you, why why do you think uh, memorization is important? That's such a big question. I think it's coming from an actor's point of view because that is what I am. And it's different in all forms of art, whether it be dance, m- music, being an instrumentalist or acting. It shows itself in different ways, but I'm obviously going to focus on acting because that's what I do and that's what I know. I think, honestly, the biggest reason why I find memorization important is that it's one less thing that you have to worry about. It gives you so much more freedom coming from a audition perspective because if you're in a show or performing, you should be memorized. Like You should know your lines because that's your job. But coming from an audition and preparation standpoint... It's just one less thing you have to worry about. If you have those words and you know what you're saying, it opens you up to be able to explore so much more. You you don't have to worry about that because you already know those lines. You have more time to explore the character or explore other choices that you can make and you're not worrying about, oh, crap, what what's the next thing that I say? So that's why I think it's important. Again, if you are actually in a show or filming something, you should know your lines because that's essentially part of what you're hired to do. But yeah. To extend upon what you were talking about, Melody, I think it's super important that memorization is kind of the starting point, right? Especially for that kind of career without knowing your lines. And this is something that our parents instilled in us when we were performing from a young age. Well, from when I was performing from a young age and Melody's still performing, Mm -hmm. 
when you come to rehearsals prepared and memorized, you can do so much more work and you can make eye contact with your collaborators and actually tell a story mm -hmm. rather than just be a freaking robot trying to figure out what the lines are. Yeah, it's about preparation. It just is one extra tool in your toolbox that sets you apart from other people because I know that there are definitely people who don't do that work. But also it just gives you so much freedom and makes your life so much easier too. <laughs> and I'll tell you a, a perfect example of what not to do. So I was, Meldy and I did a show called Sound of Music. I was Friedrich, Meldy was Gretel. Mm -hmm. And we came prepared for that show. Uh, we had it memorized. We were top of the class. We, <laughs> we knew what was going on. We were A plus <laughs> students. We were really good. We were also simultaneously doing a children's show in the morning in the same theater where we were performing for kids. It was a professional setting. We were performing with other adults mm -hmm. and it was a Winnie the Pooh like Christmas show. Yeah, I think it was like Winnie the Pooh Christmas tale or something. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I did not memorize my lines for that. And I got a scolding from the director. I didn't from that know point that. on, I did because I came to rehearsal unprepared. It was the only time I had ever done it because all of my other roles, for whatever reason, I had them memorized. I had thousands upon thousands of words to memorize mm -hmm. for some of these. Yeah. But this one, I didn't have it memorized and it was noticeable and I wasn't easy to direct. Mm -hmm. That The first rehearsal, because that was the expectation, the first rehearsal was not memorized. He took me aside. He scolded me. He said, you know, get your stuff together. So the next day I memorized everything and I was set. But it was one of those things where it wasn't that I was letting myself down. It was I was letting my other actors, my, yeah. my co-actors down by doing that. Yeah. So it's it's not as much you need to memorize for your own sake. Memorize for everyone else. That's your job. Mm -hmm. It's, it's uh, important so that you can do the job of telling a story efficiently. Totally. And also, especially now with productions having a very short amount of rehearsal time, sometimes two weeks for a massive show. If you don't know your stuff, you are going to be so behind everybody else and it's going to be so stressful and it doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Avoid <laughs> the stress yeah, at all costs. Yeah. Again, like you don't have to be completely off book first rehearsal. I usually am just because I am very anal about that. And Mitch, I'm sure ever since that moment you were as well, but at mm -hmm. least you should always read the script like and know what's happening in the story. And eventually there are some people who learn through rehearsal, which is great. But I mean, if you can, why wouldn't you? It's just one extra thing you don't have to worry about. Exactly. It's it's one of those things where memorization is super key for the performing arts for a number of things. To avoid going up on lines, to avoid feeling that stress that Melody was talking about, being able to support those around you the best you can. I think that Kyle, uh, in Kyle's ep episode, Kyle Branzell, mm -hmm. he opens up with a story about how he started out in the entertainment industry. He was in this kid's production and one of the kids stole his line that they were going back and forth in a song and he just went on without anything and was able to recover and say their line and keep the the program going. He had an extra level of memorization where he knew what was going on. He memorized his lines. He understood the other person's lines and was able to move past it yeah, and tell the story. And that's a huge skill. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, again, we're harping on how important it is. People mess up. There are plenty of times that actors have gone up on lines on stage and had to recover. But having the memorization skill 
and knowing at least what the other person is going to say or is supposed to say and being able to get back on track is so important. Yeah, totally agree. So to, to jump into our next kind of segment, we thought it might be useful to kind of go over some of the, the methods of memorization that, that we've come across. We're not going to go into too much depth, but we'll talk about each of them and how we've used them and yeah. what other people have done as well. Yeah, because there's so many different ways. Exactly. There are so many different ways. There are many ways that we're not aware of. So, you know, if there are methods that you enjoy, let us know. Message us. Reach out on, yeah. on Instagram and, and let us know what memorization methods work for you. Yeah, because everyone's brain works different. I'm going to start off because I have a really weird one. Um, <laughs> I kind of, it depends on what I'm doing or how much, honestly, it depends on how much time I have to memorize because sometimes you have a couple weeks and so you're able to take a little more time. Sometimes you have literally three hours and you need to put it on tape or go in. So I will say that I've probably used every single one that we're going to talk about. But one that I've found, which is weird, is... Instead of memorizing like the full word, I'll do like a hybrid of writing it out and like memorizing it, memorizing a pattern. But the pattern that I memorize is the first letter of each word. So say that like I'm literally I have blows my mind. <laughs> I have the seashells and pickled peppers next to me. So I'm going to just give an uh, example of that. So his really long one, the announcer's test is, I'm just going to say part of it and then I'll tell you what I would do is. One oh yeah. Pen. Let's, let's add context to this. Yes. You're using the cards that Leo Wiggins created, yes. correct? Yes. The Leo Wiggins, um, seashells and pickled peppers, tongue twisters, curated articulated articulation exercises for the spoken professional. I love these cards. They're very helpful. Yeah. And you can check out Leo's episode as well earlier Yeah, where on. he talks about how he created them, which is really interesting and cool. So the the bonus is one hen, two ducks, three squawking geese, four limerick oysters, five corpulent porpoises, six pairs of Don Averzo's, Averzo's, there we go, tweezers. And you're also supposed to do this in one breath, which I'm not doing. But I just want to give you an example of a sentence. What I would do is I would write out O-H-T-D. T-S-G-F-L-O. And I would put periods in between each sentence or phrase. And what does that spell? I don't understand but, how this helps so anybody. It, it helps. It honestly does. And sometimes if it's like a the or if it's something where it's two T's in a row, I'll put the second letter so I know what it is. But for some reason, memorizing that pattern makes sense to my brain. I can't explain it, but it does. Like, especially with long monologues, it's easier for me to memorize the pattern of letters than it is the actual words. Because eventually the words are there because the letters are that pattern. But yeah, so that's my weird memorization skill. It, I can go more in depth on it if someone is interested and kind of give like an example. Maybe I'll post that on Instagram, an example of what it is so you can see what it would look like on a script. But some, yeah, it's, that's how my brain works sometimes. So <laughs> that's crazy. The rest of them are not as crazy, no, but that, that, that one that is one's definitely the weirdest wild. of them. But f again, for some weird reason, it's easier for my brain to memorize a pattern of letters. And then it just kind of after, and this is also after reading the scene a few times, but for some reason, my brain can just insert the rest of the word into that. So I, I don't know what it is, but. 
I'm happy that it works. <laughs> yeah. And I think it does exemplify something like a concept. Uh, so I went to, to school for cognitive sciences and psychology. I read a number of books on on memorization and memory and things. Mm-hmm. And things are slowly coming back to me as we're talking. But the method that you're using kind of exemplifies the idea of scaffolding. And it's this idea that you're just building upon your knowledge and then slowly taking pieces away from it and noticing that you're able to stand upright. So by providing yourself the the kind of piece and you'll see this in the other examples we have but you're you're building up extra poles on your tent mm-hmm. to make sure it stays up and then you take away those poles and the tent is still standing because you've practiced and you've built up the core knowledge yeah. it also makes sense with my alone thing they build up their tents they All put right. extra <laughs> poles in for scaffolding they build up everything. It's it's very cool. I really like it. Okay. <laughs> also wanted to bring up in, in this moment of psychology, Mitch, there's a book called The uh, Nemonist. It's fascinating. I, I'm not, I think I need to review the actual title. Melody, you're actually closer to the book because it's in mom and dad's library. Oh, is it? But okay. Yeah. I'm not going to get it right now. <laughs> no, it's okay. So the, the Nemonist, basically it's a story about this person that is a master memorizer. And one of the things that he does is he has this brain castle and (laughs) it's, it's not brain castle. It's a mind castle. So it's, it's fascinating, right? Okay. So the idea is that he has, we have infinite memory Mm. as, as humans with our brain. We just need ways to capture those pieces and nuggets of, of knowledge. So one of the ideas is that by referencing other things that are similar to it, you are able to grasp new concepts and oh, yeah. a- uh, have access to them easier. So with the the nemonist, he can memorize lists upon lists of things based on placing them somewhere in his castle. So if that you can imagine just kind of exactly. taking it in your yeah. mind, think of your childhood home, for instance, right? So if you place an item, so like say a teddy bear or Uh, you take a a salmon or you take a cat or you take a lamp and you put it somewhere specifically that you can recall in your childhood home, you can memorize those things in an order by walking through it the same way. Cool concept, right? That's so cool. That's really, really cool. He's built it out so that he's got this massive castle so you can start off with something small like my apartment, for instance, How and then slowly build out new rooms that you are familiar with. So he uses a castle he's been to, his childhood street. So like you can put it on an actual thing. It doesn't need to be a home. And you use that to start memorizing. So that's kind of similar to a lot of the ideas that we have. I just thought it was kind of interesting that, that I super, thought of just now. Cool. Wow. It's kind of funny too because – our dad also had a fun little trick. Do you remember that thing where like one is the sun? So you have to imagine like the first thing on the list is in the sun and then two. Oh, I don't remember what two <laughs> was, but I remember, remember three is a triangle. Well, and like if the, the third thing in the list. Yeah, because a triangle has three sides. Oh my God, I do not remember this at all. Oh yeah, it was fascinating. I need to walk he, through my he castle it. and try to find it. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, walk through <laughs> walk through your castle and finds dad mnemonics, dad's mnemonic tricks. Yeah. We should have him on and talk about it. Yeah, I mean that's another <laughs> form of memorization is having that those I can't mnemonic. I can't mnemonics. Mnemonics. <laughs> I'm sure that we're totally butchering this whole thing, yeah. but you get the idea, exactly. okay, listener. Yeah. Cool. Okay, mom. Moving on. You've heard this before. <laughs> 
So moving on, I want to hear, Melody, your your idea on repetition. Cool. Well, there are so many different kinds of repetition. I We have a couple that we'll, I'll touch on, but I think this is probably one of the more popular ways of memorization because how do you learn? Like, I feel like in school or just in general, people are like, if you read something over and over and over again, it'll stick or you'll remember it. But there's plenty of ways that you can do it as far as if you just want to read the whole passage or scene or because now I'm just remembering that, you know, people memorize things for tests, too. (laughs) I'm I'm so out of the school fear. It's kind of crazy. The school sphere. (laughs) There we go. It's kind of crazy. School is fear. School is fear. It is for me. But you can just keep reading it over and over, like the full thing over and over and over again. For some people, that's a little bit too much. So you can go phrase by phrase or section by section. And in that, you can kind of either pick one line and just get say it over and over again until you remember it. You can break up your scene into different sections. However that looks to you, it can be honestly whatever you want. It always brings to mind the idea of flashcards and using those to memorize vocabulary. Similar kind of concept. Yeah, there's also ways where you like cover part of the script and then you try to remember it and then you read it and then you cover it again. Like it's that kind of thing. Another repetition thing that kind of goes in line with my first letter of each word. I honestly think that started because I also memorized by writing it out and after a while it I was just getting tired of writing out the full words, so I think I just switched to letters. I honestly think that's probably how it started. Ah, so um, your your method was out of laziness. Yes, it, most of them the are. Best, <laughs> the best things, honestly, a smarter, productivity hack. Work smarter, productivity not hack. Do things that are way simpler and easier to do out of laziness, and you will get ahead in life. Yeah, it's it, honestly, I, I truly think that's what it, where it came from because I do have that brain connection of if I write something out a bunch of times, I'll remember it. Anyway, back to writing out. Uh, some people can write it out and copy it a million times or just write out the first letter of each phrase. So those are some of the repetition memorization skills. There are millions more that exist out there. Meldy. Throwback to a previous episode. Uh, would you say there are myriad There's of options? There's a myriad of options. <laughs> yeah. I love there it. There's a myriad. Yeah. Uh, go go back to the all of the episodes and try and find the moment when Melody says myriad. <laughs> and Mitch gives me absolute <laughs> shit for it. Because <laughs> he's like, I didn't know you knew that uh, word. <laughs> well, there we go. There went the explicit rating on this episode. I can say <laughs> a different phrase. <laughs> nope. You can, okay. It's well. done. I don't want to go back and edit it. Anyways, so next method that I can go over really quick is the backwards memorization tactic that my dad, our dad, is yeah, very into. I don't really think I've used this one, to be perfectly honest. You know, this works really well with musicians and music yeah. side. So well, this isn't I've just for, for, for acting. Music, possibly. We've definitely done that where we've worked backwards with songs. So you have a right. strong So finish. the idea is that... Oh, with dance. Yeah. That's one also too. That, yeah. Dance, yeah. singing, anything. Mm-hmm. This is... I've used it primarily with like trumpet. Mm. So one thing with memorization, one of the pitfalls that can be uh, a possibility is that if you work from the beginning all of the time and you just keep on going, you start with scene one all the way to scene two and then you kind of lose interest the back half of your work is going to suffer. So with this tactic, working from the back, you're able to have a strong finish, like Melody said. And with music, that could be, you can take the last stanza, practice it a ton, memorize it, 
and then you go back a few stanzas and then you do the same repetition all the way to the end. So it kind of is the same method that moves you forward and backward just to make sure that you have an equal representation of memorization. And I think it's a really cool tactic to use. So it goes in with repetition, but it impacts the back half of your work just as much as the front half. So just kind of an interesting thought there. Yeah, I, I now that I'm thinking of it, I have done... I think more so in dance than anything else, we, especially if we get stuck on a step or something, it's fun to kind of jump around in different sections. And also it gives your brain a little bit of a rest thinking about transitions too, because those are always the hardest when you learn things in sections is remembering the transition spots and going backwards just gives a different perspective of it. Yeah. And it's a great editing tool too. So if you're writing an essay or an article or, or anything really, right. if you go word by word, kind of backward or sentence by sen sentence backwards, you're more likely to find editing and grammar issues than if you're reading from the start of a story to the end of it, because you're, you're filling in the gaps if you're going from the beginning to the end. Whereas if you go backwards, it's losing a lot of context, but it's requiring you to really think about the grammar and the detail. Yeah. Let's jump in and, and talk a little bit about the, the next kind of method. This one takes into account a little bit more technology, so I'm, I'm kind of stoked about it. So, yeah. Melody, go ahead and talk to so, us about recording. Yeah, so recording and listening back. This is something else that I use. Again, I've said this, but I use all of these depending on what time of day, whatever. But I sometimes when it's longer things or things where there's more uh, interaction with another character, I'll record either my lines or their lines or both and kind of listen back, um, giving enough space in between. I, I tend to do the one where I record their lines first because then I can at least, if I don't have somebody to read it out loud with, because I usually would tend to rather do that, but to at least get the pattern of the conversation. And then I'll record my lines and just kind of listen to them over and over so that I get them in my ear a little bit if say, reading them out loud isn't helping because sometimes reading things out loud, your brain goes on autopilot and you don't really listen. So what what are some of the, um, I, I like that you also had some resources that you've used for yeah, so doing this obviously method. Obviously the easiest one is just your voice memos on your phone or your computer, but there are actual applications and websites that you can learn your sides with. Some of them you have to pay for, some of them you don't. I haven't used them in a while, obviously, because nothing's happening right now. But there are, you can either record it or you can type it in and it'll read it out to you. And then you can kind of play around with how many of your lines they give you. So if you want to just remember what the first two lines are, like if you can't remember those, but you remember the rest of it, then it can give you those first two as kind of, it's kind of like feeding you lines. But there's so many different apps and websites, which will link that I've used or I've found helpful because they kind of are able to be used in many different ways, depending on how it, your brain works um, and what you find more yeah, helpful. So we'll, we'll, we'll share links and uh, yeah. you can decide which one might work for you best and try them mm -hmm. out and let us know which one you, you appreciate the most. Yeah. So the next one kind of is taking a lot of these concepts and, and putting them a little bit more into a conceptual position. I think this this method of, of context building and, and what you called, Melody, uh, you called it threading, mm -hmm. really brings all of this together and makes it so that you're stepping above the act of memorization and leveraging it for something more that's uh, 
more of an end product rather than just saying, yeah. oh, I'm really good at memorizing. Totally. It's a, I'm taking the skill of memorization and taking it to the next level. Yeah. So just to kind of give a little bit of background, context building, building subtext is all about having a deeper meaning to the work. And by having that, you are able to visualize and, and kind of have a little bit more purpose behind the memorization. So Melody, what, what do you think? I I think a great example that I just thought of because I was trying to think of, well, how can I explain this in a, an easy way is there have been plenty of times in acting class or in real life where I've had a moment of like, oh, why can't I remember this one line? Like, why is it always this one thing that's tripping me up? And nine times out of 10, it's because I haven't built out in my brain yet the full line of the story. So I'm not really listening to what the other person is saying because when you have it threaded through, when you have that subtext of your goal or what the scene arc kind of is, it's easier to remember what your next idea is. I will say there are definitely lines that come out of nowhere and you just kind of have to figure out how you can make them fit. But I think that's a great (laughs) way to take, like you said, take it from just memorization into the next step of like, okay, why am I saying this? Why is this the next thing that comes out of my mouth? What, what are, why are these my next thoughts? So that's helpful. And if you have those, that kind of train track or that thread in your mind already, it can be a lot easier to remember what the character says because you are personalizing it and internalizing it as like, oh no, this is my goal. This is my intention this is how I'm going to get there. Yeah, I like the way that you put it because it also ties back to that idea that we were talking about before, right? The the whole nemonist kind of mind castle. It's having your path in front of you and being able to yeah. follow it again. Yeah, and I think, again, it also just adds to making it a more realistic, less robotic, you know, because if you just memorize, you can memorize something easily, but if you're just spitting back words without any intention or without listening to the other person, it's, you, you, you don't have it fully there. You know what I mean? Not fully memorized, but it's just not the actual intention that is necessary for whatever it is you're doing. Cause it has to come from the heart in some way. And if you don't have it internalized, then it's just kind of boring and you basically just memorize something like memorizing is a skill and it's important, but you can't just stop there. You can't just be like, oh, I memorized it. Great. You have to do a little more work because <laughs> there are going to be the majority of people are just going to memorize and stop there. So go the step at further and your work will be so much more enticing and interesting and more fun to do too because then you have yeah. choices and can play around. And that kind of brings us perfectly to kind of what the dangers of memorization could be and yeah. some of the pitfalls that you don't want to fall into. Totally. So taking that that thought a little bit further, you don't want to memorize to the point that you are a robot and you are just spitting out words because mm-hmm. that's that's not that's not the point of the performing arts. The performing arts is to tell a story and to have it be reactive and actually emotionally driven. It's not I am a robot. I memorize these lines so that I could say these things to this person. Right. Oops, like, I messed me, up. I did so well. I got every single word right. That's great. But if there's no emotion or or intention behind it, then all you did was just, you could basically be reading a grocery list at that point. 
Exactly. And when you're talking about live entertainment, if you just memorize strictly and you're running on autopilot, there are more chances that you are going to mess up something and not be able to recover, which is all a part of the live entertainment sphere. Yeah. I mean, literally, if you, same thing with Kyle kind of, but if you memorize something in such a specific way that you can't get out of it, like you can only do it that way. If something messes up, you're kind of screwed because you have it so set in your mind that it has to be done the specific way that if something happens or something changes, you get thrown a little bit. Right. So I guess we could kind of call it dynamic memorization is probably the pinnacle of what you're aiming to do, right? You're trying to have a good understanding of what's going to happen, what you're responsible for. You want to be able to actually do the uh, performance, whether, you know, it's music, whether it's performing a scene, whether it's dancing, Mm -hmm. any of those kinds of things, you want to give tribute to the person that created that content and do it the best that it could be done. So word for word, that's very important. But you want to be able to do it in a way that if something does go wrong, you're able to recover. Mm -hmm. And also making your own choices and bringing something to the project. But I will say, cautionary tale make your own choices but don't be stuck in them because it's a collaboration at the end of the day and you can't if you aren't able to be directed in a different way or you know kind of collaborate and change the way that you've been doing it it's not going to be helpful for you in the end so definitely be bold and make your own choices but be flexible enough to not do those choices because again at the end of the day it's a collaboration and some of your choices they may love but some of them they may be like oh why don't we try it in this way and if you can't do that it's going to kind of show them that you are not not easy to work with but it's going to be harder and more work to get you to do something different exactly so in addition to kind of the importance of memorization in the performing arts, which we've kind of covered and some of the tactics that we've used. In preparation for this, I was thinking a lot about kind of the byproducts of how memorization kind of will help you in your career in the performing arts and just kind of in life in general. So these are, are some of the things that I wish that I was better at. And because I haven't been working on the muscle of, you know, actually going out and practicing memorization, I've been falling short on a few of these things. So one of the things that really stands out with memorization and having these kind of mnemonic tricks when you're networking with other people, because knowing people and collaborating with people and making sure that they are appreciating your work and you're appreciating theirs, if you can use their name and remember it, mm-hmm. that is going to do wonders for your career, yeah. whether you're in the performing arts or not. Yes. It's a skill that revolves right around memorization mm-hmm. and remembering something. Yeah. So using these tactics that we were uh, talking about before this, super beneficial for networking it's i think also with human beings (laughs) i do it all the time and i try to i i'm trying to fix it but you introduce yourself to somebody and you're so worried about saying your name or you know having a conversation (laughs) that you don't even listen to you know what i mean like you don't even listen when they say their name it goes in one ear out the other so one thing that our dad does that i've tried to do is (laughs) repeat it right back to them and be like oh nice to meet you so and so so that i at least 
have a double reinforcement of their name. But I've definitely been that person that they'll introduce themselves and then I'll be like, oh, I'm Melody. And then I'll be like, crap, I don't, re- I didn't listen to their name. I just didn't listen. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was a big, like, yeah. sup dude kind of person oh, in college because yeah. hey, I, I just, yeah. hey, how you doing? Yeah. Yeah. No, I just wanted to note that if we were going to use the tactic of the mind castle, it would be a dungeon of all these people that I've placed in different <laughs> jail different cells. Parts of the like, yeah, oh, and this I'll is walk next through to the, next to Mark, who I met at this weird networking thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's like a little networking tag with his name Mark on the there the jail cell. Yeah. Yep. So use that one if you really want to make friends. Yes. Yeah. No, I mm-hmm. for sure with uh, remembering people's names. It is it's a skill, just like anything else yeah. that you have to work out. Exactly. And, you know, if you're memorizing and kind of keeping your brain active, other things are also going to improve. Mm-hmm. So also on my list is you become smarter and have a quicker wit. So you're able to kind of be nimble. I also have you lose fewer things. I don't know if that is actually a thing. <laughs> I, think, I was hopeful. No, I think so, because I feel like, mm, mm, I don't know. I lose so much. You do lose a lot of stuff. But also in, in my mind castle. To, in your mind castle. I think when it comes to that, you have to put importance on the thing because there are plenty of things that I've lost, but then I'll be like, oh my God, wait, no, I totally put it here because of this. It just takes me a second to, it takes me a second to walk through my mind castle. I don't know. I definitely put the keys in the fridge. It's there because because I'm stupid. Yeah. I think there is a factor of it. I don't know how big of a factor, but I'm sure you can make the argument for that. Well, before before we get on to action items, there's one one method that we didn't cover that I thought was also kind of strange that Melody does. It's the one with the accents. Like, oh yeah. When when you want to memorize lines or like a set of words or a phrase or something, uh, Melody Melody's says it weird. in a different <laughs> accent, and I guess it like I don't know why that why does it work. I, I'll tell you why. I use this for monologues mostly or big sections of text. And also when I find myself falling into those ruts of making specific choices, when I've been saying a line the same way every time, that is a pit you can definitely fall into when memorizing, especially if you record it, because if you record it and then listen to it the same way over and over again, you kind of get that exact pattern of speech stuck in your mind. So a great way to get out of that is to put an accent on it or a different intention into the scene. Something that would never, ever, ever be like if you were in a scene where you're supposed to be crying or you're really upset about something, make it a super upbeat scene because not only will it get you out of your head in that way and help memorize it, but it also will give you maybe a new intention or a new way of looking at the script, a new way of thinking about this line, which I've always... I find it very helpful when I think that I have fallen into, well, this is kind of stale. This is kind of the same thing that I'm saying over and over again. Let me throw an accent on it. Let me see how somebody from New York would say this so then I can get that perspective into it. So it's more, I think it it may be more of a skill of not getting in one of those ruts, but also if you have different accents and even sing-songing it, sometimes you can memorize things faster in different accents. Like I find honestly, when I say things in a stupid Russian accent, I like a really bad Russian accent, I memorize them faster, which is weird. It's super weird. But for some reason that sticks in my brain better. Some people can memorize songs easier when they 
just learn it as a monologue first and just learn the words or some people learn it faster when they learn the tune and the melody first and then they add the words to it. So that's kind of where I'm coming from in that. A gentle judge judges justly. A gentle judge judges... What was it? A gentle judge judges justly. A gentle judge judges justly? Let me see if I can find my weird... Find your card. Oh, I'll just go through my cards. (laughs) A a gentle judge judges justly. I I sound like Donald Trump. (laughs) Um. (laughs) A A gentle judge... Another one of my favorites is just doing like a really stupid valley girl, like zany zebra zig and zag. Like, oh my God. Like they just, oh my God, they zig and zag. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think honestly, (laughs) I I do think that that skill is a little more helpful for finding new things in scripts and getting out of ruts for sure. But also it, for some people does help them memorize, but I do think that skill is a little more helpful for character discovery and the threading that we were talking about before cool well we can use it there it just gives you new intentions and more things to play with you know it's whenever i audition for something i try to have a couple different ways that i can play it ready in my head in case they want to see something different because sometimes they'll be like do it in a totally different way and that's it like they won't give you anything else so you kind of have to be prepared to just kind of throw caution to the wind and be like all right, well, let me do something, a complete 180 from this. So that's helpful. Yeah. So before we leave you, just want to reach out and let you know, try these things. You know, now's the time to go practice. Try and memorize long ass monologues and books. Yeah. I mean, there's so much content out there. You can literally look up scripts from anything. So if there's a scene that you want to learn, like that's a great way to do it. Or monologues. I feel like monologues are a dying thing in the entertainment industry, which is weird because they're so helpful. They are. Cause I, I've had plenty of times where I've gone in, it's maybe more for theater, but even in film and TV where they're like, do you have something that you can just show us? And that's mm-hmm. sometimes the scariest thing for anyone if you're not like an improviser. But like having that in your back pocket, having something that you're super proud of that shows you in your best light or even just something that's completely different than what you just showed them. I mean, industry. So any showcase that you go to, if you are interviewing with an agent or a manager, nine times out of 10, they're going to ask you to bring in a monologue. Sometimes they'll give you a script just to see how you break it down. But usually they just want to see what you already can do. So try it out and let us know how it works for you. Yep. And also send in your, your pictures of your mind castles or, or your mind theaters. <laughs> Are we asking them to draw out their own mind castle with each yeah, item or, or in verbally, each? Yeah, or verbally describe it and... Show us in each room what are the most important things in your life wow, that you will never want to forget. That's so much, Mitchell. You guys don't have to do that. You people don't have to do <laughs> don't, that. Don't just, do that. No. Just no. try this out. Let us know what works best for you. And if you have one that we missed, obviously I like really weird ones. So if you have a really weird one that works for you, send it our way. Because I'm curious. Because again, everyone's mind works differently. So what works for one may not work for another. Hey, thanks for listening. For more information about the podcast, visit our website, www.artisticpodcast.com. 
If you liked the episode, do us a favor and share it with a friend. It's the best way to help people find our podcast and will help support the show. For updates on new episodes and content, you can follow us at The Artistic Pod on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next week. See ya. All right. Go build those mind theaters. Go build them. And they will come. Oh. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not end on that. <laughs> what do you mean? Mitchell. And they will come? I don't... <laughs> build them and they will come. <laughs> Your mind castle will come. Melody, <laughs> <laughs> do you not get the reference? No, I don't. Nope, you have no idea. <laughs> what this is, is... Feel the dreams, Melody. Feel the fucking dreams. I don't know what that is. Get your shit together. Get your recording? life what together. Field of dreams, Mitchell. Field of dreams, Melody. Oh God. Field okay. Uh, it, it's a film. Build it, and they will come. Weird. I don't know that. All right. I'm stopping my recording. <laughs>